Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on how we were made to die. Uh, so let me let me tell you just a funny story first. Uh, there was this there's this gentleman, Dr. Ed Silvosa, um, who basically spoke at this entire conference that we were at, and he every time before he spoke, he would ask his wife to come up and pray. Um, for the marriages in the room. Uh, and every time, like, she would start praying. She goes, Jesus, he'd go, amen. Like, we just thank you. Amen. Uh, just literally, probably every cadence was an amen. But it was this very distinct amen. But have you guys ever seen the movie The Princess Bride? Okay. Yeah. Remember that part um, where Wesley goes into the pit of despair? I mean, if you haven't seen The Princess Bride, you're not going to know who Wesley is. But anyways, Wesley goes into the pit of despair, and this torturer comes up to it. It's kind of a lighthearted movie because this part's hilarious. Um, he's like, where am I? And this torturer goes, the pit of despair. The pit of despair. And then he goes, don't even, <clears throat> don't even think about trying to escape. Like, literally just like has this phlegm. So like, the pit of despair. Don't even, <clears throat> don't even think about trying to escape. Uh, literally, that's how how it happened. So as Ed was saying, "Amen," he goes, "Amen," <laughs> like, and all I could hear, "The pit of despair." Amen. <laughs> like, uh, it's just funny. Uh, if you haven't seen, I don't honestly don't uh, don't take this as an endorsement. Uh, I don't remember all that's in there. I haven't seen The Princess. Actually, I can say without a doubt, you probably should not watch The Princess Bride. Uh, just, I'm just remembering a few few lines that are questionable that I cannot just say, everyone go watch this uh, from here. So don't do it. <laughs> just kidding. LOL, LOL. Are you there? All right. Uh, is there a Kleenex in here? You guys are about to see or hear the nastiest thing. Everybody talk amongst yourselves. Tell each other what you had for breakfast this morning. Three, two, one, go. All right, and you're done. All right. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> here we go. The pit just there. So tonight, I'm going to talk to you about a couple of things. We'll kind of see where we go. Basically, I'm just going to present an idea to you and see kind of how it, how it forms. Um, this is something that I've been thinking about, honestly, for a couple years now. Uh, not of like, oh, on November 8th. I'm going to speak to these people about this. It's just a concept that the Lord's been talking to me about for probably the last, oh, how old am I? Probably the last nine years or so, eight or nine years, the Lord's been kind of discussing with this about me, discussing this with me. Um, So let me give you a little bit of backdrop before we get into it. Um, in 2000 and 
2006, 2005, no, 2005, 2005. Uh, some of you were born in 2005. Some of you were not even born in 2005. How many of you guys weren't even born in 2005? All right. Making me feel like a real old fart right now, but that's all right. So, so listen, here's the thing. It was in 2005 was the time that I first decided I was going to start cutting myself. Oh yeah. Getting deep right out of the gate. So I can, I can paint you the whole story if you'd like, but I won't go into it because it doesn't bear to give honor, uh, when someone believed a lie, um, that's not something we need to celebrate. So I'll just say it was in 2005 that I started believing a lie that I needed or should or could uh, cut myself. And then that kind of brought into my life. Um, it, it didn't start with a, like a, a pillar of suicide. Um, I, didn't, I didn't come out of the gate uh, being this chipper lad in sixth grade and then just say, I think I'm going to try and kill myself tomorrow. It didn't start as that, but it just started as these little droplets of, hey, I, I know you're kind of feeling pain. Maybe if you do this, this will help, help take your mind off of the pain. You know, like you ever stub your toe and then someone like slaps your arm and they're like, now you're not thinking about your toe. It's like, now I'm thinking about my toe and my arm and I want to punch you. Like, that's all that does. So if you're one of those people, stop doing it. Um, no, no one likes that. Um, but th that's just a lie that I believed is that, okay, I've got this little pain inside and here was, here was the pain that I was dealing with. So trivial. Um, it's trivial now, but I was moving from Memphis, Tennessee to Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and then I was like, my whole world is gonna die. I, this is the worst thing that ever happened. Come to find out. I mean, Knoxville would be the place where like everything happened for me, you know? Um, and so, so it started with just this little lie. It's like, okay, I know you're feeling this pain. This is the enemy talking to me. Uh, I thought it was my conscience. I mean, like, oh, I'll just have this thought. Uh, so you have to really be aware. So like when scripture says to take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of the knowledge of Jesus, like that's what that means is to take every thought that you have that you may think is your own thought. Uh, and then run it through the filter of scripture and say, okay, does this line up with human thought, uh, Christ thoughts, or enemy thoughts? And then use that as the filter to be like, okay, am I going to believe this partner with this? So on and so forth, right? Uh, but I was uh, 14 and I didn't know crap because uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't in it. Actually, I wasn't 13. I was 11. Um, so I was 11 or 12. And so I just started believing this lie, so on and so forth. Okay, so it goes on maybe like a couple years of, of just like, oh, I'm in pain. I'm going to go cut myself, whatever. Um, and then uh, it got to the point to where I was like, you know what? This isn't really like helping me anymore. Maybe I just need to like check out, you know, like for real, check out. And so then grew the, these pebbles of ideas of like self-mutilation, self-worth, like no one wants you, all this sort of stuff. And it built up this monument of like suicide, this stronghold, if you will, of suicide in my life. And I didn't just 
like I said, I didn't just like come into it one day and be like, oh, there's a stronghold of suicide. It was brick by brick by brick by brick that I refused to run through the filter of scripture because I didn't know anything. Uh, but I, but, and the people above me maybe didn't know anything about what was happening. All they wanted to do is like medicate and all this stuff. And yeah, counseling's great, but counseling won't do anything if you're believing a lie. I'll just say that. Uh, and I'll speak from experience. So, um, so <clears throat> I found myself living in this fortress of suicidal thoughts, suicidal actions even. And there are multiple times in my life where I thought that, um, not thought, but like tried to end it was unsuccessful. Tried to end it was unsuccessful. Long story short, uh, very long story short, uh, in 2008, October, October, no, March, March of 2008, March 29th to be specific, March 29th of 2008, the Lord like arrested me for the first time. And literally just like right then, like not just, like brought me out of the, this fortress of suicide, but like destroyed it in my life and never, and never once had this like real thought of like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to end it all. Um, and I would be lying if I told you that, like, like how Chloe was saying tonight, like freedom isn't you never seeing the cage again, but it's refusing to go back into the cage. That's freedom, you know? Um, so I would be lying if I said from that moment on, I never had a suicidal thought. That's a lie. Um, like even into adulthood, the enemy would come in and lie to me. It's like, Hey, the bills are stacking up. You have no money. Maybe. And, and it came as wisdom. If you die, everyone will get life insurance money and you can pay all your stuff off. And I, like as ludicrous as it sounds, like that's how, um, intense the enemy is about keeping me in this idea of, that type of suicide. And I say that because of where we're going. Um, you with me so far? You with me? Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so, so it's important to me now living in maturity that when those thoughts come up, I take them captive immediately. And they don't sit in my mind for maybe half a second. And then I say, nah, you're dismissed. And then I move on with my day. And so, and here's the thing, immaturity would say when those thoughts come in, that it's supposed to heap shame on you. I thought I wasn't supposed to be dealing with this. Oh, I've got kids now. I've, I'm married now. I'm not supposed to be dealing. You have no control over what the enemy says to you, but you do have control how you're going to steward it. Okay. So there's no shame on when the enemy comes in to bring in an attack. Um, just be aware that it's an attack and then you take it captive. Okay. So how's that little ammo for you? So everyone just do this real quick. Just take that shame off. The devil's a liar. He's an idiot. He's going to lie to you. It's what he does. He's the father of lies. That's all he's going to do. So <clears throat> the day you stop hearing lies is the day we've, you know, we're in glory. <laughs> you know, you're, huh? Oh, no numbness. Awesome. Everybody say, yeah, God. Golly, that was weak. Let's try it again. Yeah, God. Yeah, God. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So, uh, it's that easy. So, uh, yeah. So now I'm, I'm, I'm living in maturity, know how to take thoughts captive. Great. Uh, I know the assignment and I know how to kill it. Um, uh, however, this is where we're going to get a little hairy. You ready? This spirit 
Uh, I don't want to say that. Uh, not the spirit of suicide, but the idea of you killing yourself is Christ inspired. The idea of you killing yourself is Christ inspired. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have, been cru have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Let's go to... Um, let, let's talk about this dichotomy. <clears throat> the devil, the enemy, the adversary, Satan, the hater of your soul does nothing creative. Okay. And I'm not, and that's not like a, he's not a musician. He's not an artist. I'm not saying that's not the type of creative I'm talking about. I'm talking about he doesn't create anything. It's not in his nature to be creative. All he does is distort and manipulate. So he can only take that which is God-inspired and then twist it, and then it becomes a lie. So this is the heresy that we may get into. <clears throat> yes, I love this. You have to get a baby. <laughs> Um, we were all designed to be suicidal, okay? We were all designed to have this innate desire to kill our flesh. Christ laid it out to us to say, hey, crucify your flesh, be alive in me, okay? Um, if we say, um, here we go. We just sang it tonight. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. So there's this concept, this invitation even. Uh, and if we go to Mark, I think it's five, Mark eight. Uh, Eight, eight, Mark eight, sorry. Uh, actually, I'll get to that in a second. Um, there's this invitation for us to crucify our flesh. And so that's the invitation from the father. And so what the enemy does is he comes in and he distorts this opportunity of, actually, let me go here because this is imperative. Um, <clears throat> let's go to, uh, uh, if you're taking notes, it's Mark eight, uh, 31 through 37 is probably where I'll go. Uh, yeah, I'll go 37. Uh, <clears throat> and he, be, being Jesus, began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he was stating that matter plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Um, not a good idea, guys. Uh, but turning around and seeing the disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, 
for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to him, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words is the adulterous and sinful generation, and the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes into glory with his Father with the holy angels. Okay, so here's this concept. Jesus is saying, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. So we're in this conundrum. If you want to live in the life that Christ died for, for you to have, you have to die to the flesh. So there's this innate desire God breathed, Christ inspired for us to die. And so what comes in is the enemy comes in with this promise that says, hey, if you crucify your flesh, God, (laughs) (laughs) there's this promise that if you crucify your flesh, you'll find your life. If you lay down your life for my sake, you'll find it. But if you try to seek and save your own life, you're going to lose it. So what the enemy does is he comes in and says, all right, this innate God-breathed idea of laying down your life is actually just, you need to just leave. And so what we do is we end up trading this crazy promise of Christ living in us for the very much lacking lie of, oh, I just need to die. So the feeling of, well, let's go here. Let's talk about this. Um, I'm not going to use that whiteboard. I thought about using the whiteboard. I'm not, okay? Everybody say, he's not. He's not. He's not. But I do want to draw um, a picture. Yeah, a, a picture, if you will. Um, so so over here, let's, t- oh, actually, I'll do over here. Uh, let's over here. Let's call this uh, Satan's Suicide. Satan's suicide, okay? Satan's suicide, okay? And over here, let's call this Jesus's crucifixion. Okay, over here. Okay, with a little bit more, okay? I love it. Okay, so, so here, here's what... Um, Satan's suicide says, this is the lie that you physically need to die. Um, this is, uh, the lie that we buy into is I'm not worth anything. Therefore I need to just die. Right. But let me tell you this, nothing that has ever been sacrificed with a, with a purpose is done. So because it lacks worth, If we look at the sacrifices of the Old Testament, they didn't sacrifice lambs and doves because they were worthless. They sacrificed them because the worth of them nullified or postponed the judgment day for another year. So there was this concept that because of how much value something has, that that is how it's sacrificed, not because it's pointless, 
and worthless that we're going to kill it. Does that make sense? So every sacrifice that was killed uh, because of the worth that it exhibited. So, but when we look at Jesus's crucifixion, you with me? So over here, what is this? Satan suicide, big old fat dummy. Um, this says you're worthless. Great. Jesus is says you're worth everything. Okay. So here's the dichotomy. Sa same concept. You die. Let me tell you this. You don't get out of this where you don't, um, <laughs> that sounds so bad. Um, Something's going to die. Um, like for me, like I knew that in that moment where Jesus arrested me, I knew I was either going to, I was either going to give myself fully to it or I was going to wind up over here six feet under in the natural. So something's going to die. Either you're going to crucify your flesh, live in the fullness, all that glorious stuff, or like you're going to keep believing lies, okay? And I'm, I'm not saying like you're going to actually kill yourself, uh, but I'm saying this is, the, this is the paradigm is we believe lies that lead to death or we believe truths where we give up our lives and then we get the fullness of what Christ promised us, right, Addie? Awesome. Okay, so I want to propose this idea to you. I guess I could have put my glasses. My glasses are really smudgy right now. So, like, when I look through them, they're like smudgy. Uh, there's no, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a scholar of the word. <laughs> they're so smudgy, they look smudgy. How smudgy are they? The smudgiest. <laughs> For every, yeah. For every truth and every promise that we have in God's word, there is a lie that we're afforded the opportunity uh, to either dismiss or come into partnership with. Uh, so if we, if we understand this concept that the enemy of our souls doesn't do anything creative in nature, but everything he does is distorted and manipulated from a promise that God already created, then we can kind of understand where the attack on our lives are, it points to a promise. Does that make sense? I'll say that again, because I don't think some of you understood that or got it, or whatever, because that's everything. The attack on your life is indicative to the promise that God wants you to walk in. So let's say that you have an attack on your life that is just, uh, you're just bombarded with temptation to watch pornography, 
okay i know that's everyone's like go-to it's like how how do you just get a crowd to go you just say porn or whatever but um but let's say you have this uh let's even let's just go to the far end of the spectrum let's say you have a raging addiction to pornography what this is this is an assignment against your soul and an assignment against your assignment on the planet so what maybe what the lord has deposited in you was to bring wholeness and healing to relationships and to walk in a purity that no one else in your family line has ever done so in order to combat this promise that the lord is laying before you he's the enemy is laying a trap for you to fall into sexual temptation so that you nullify yourself from the promises of god because you wrap yourself in all this shame yeah Anybody experienced that before? I'm not saying, anybody have a raging addiction to pornography? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, how many of you guys have had a promise that the Lord has, has given you and then the attack, oh, hey now, the attack against you points to the promise that's laying before you, yeah? Everybody do this. Everybody stand up. Shh. Stand up and don't open your mouth. Lord, let obedience flow like a river. Stretch your arms up like this. I can't do both. Touch your toes if you can. I can't. Shh. 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 Come back up. Twist. Twist. All right, sit down. Shh. Bring your right knee up. Bring your left knee up. Bring both your knees up. All right, put them down. I want us to get this concept. When I think about like the promises of God, and this is like how the enemy overplays his hand. Because I want you, I want us to understand this concept that we don't lose. Like we don't lose, no matter what the enemy comes our way, whatever, what life comes our way, we do not lose if we see it correctly through the lens of like the renewed mind. Okay. So, um, I believe it was your boy, um, Joseph, um, coat of many colors, right? Okay. He has this vision of him exalted 
Uh, this isn't exactly what the vision says, but this is the interpretation. Him exalted and his brothers laying down. Hey, Nura. Um, and then what happens in for the rest of his, uh, the next, I don't know, decade or so, um, is he's thrown into a pit. He's thrown into slavery. He is uh, then elevated a little bit and then thrown back into slavery. And then maybe gets a chance out and gets thrown even more into the pit because the this person didn't say the nice word to the king about him. So he's there for years, um, all the while knowing what the Lord told him about, hey, you're going to be a ruler and your brothers are going to lay down like wheat. Um, and so it would be it would be easy to see the patterns of his life and look at the Lord and say, you're a liar because you said this was going to happen, but look at me now, you know, uh, you know, not, never mind, you know, uh, you know, look at where I am right now. Okay. You said this was going to happen, but this is just crap. I mean, fit has hit the shan in my life, you know, some of you got scared, didn't you? Um, he said, Oh, um, I'm in the pits of despair. Um, but what was happening, this is where we get, this is where the scripture comes from. What you meant for evil, God has turned it for good. And, uh, people misquote this all the time. They say what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned around for good. It's not what the scripture says. It says what you He's talking to his brothers. He says, what you have meant for evil, God has turned it for good. So um, it can be, it's imperative that we see the, the patterns of our life because the, the, the assignment against him wasn't for him to stay in the pit, but it was for him to lend his agreement to staying in the pit. Does that make sense? So he, he was never, I mean, the only way he stays in the pit and he stays in slavery is if he lends his agreement to staying in the pit and staying in slavery. But if he says, hey, I know what the Lord has promised me, this is just setting me up to walk into that promise. So we have to know what the Lord is saying over our lives so that when attacks and thwarts and whatever come in, we can look at them correctly and be like, okay, this is obviously uh, one, an assignment against me to derail my attention from what the Lord has said, or for me to say something contrary about the nature of God. Uh, I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, we cannot allow circumstances to change our theology. So uh, is God good? Yes. Okay, we'll try it again. Is God good? Yes. Is he kind? Yes. Is he merciful? Yes. Does he want you to be the head, yes. not the tail? Yes. Does he set you up to be an overcomer? Yes. Is he abounding in much loving kindness? Yes. <laughs> So when we have situations in our lives that say something contrary, the, the assignment isn't just to like fall into it, but it's to lend our agreement to say, God, you are not faithful. 
God, you're not good. God, you're not kind. But it's in the midst of all that stuff and of saying, okay, I know what the Lord is, has said, and I know that he's good and he's true, so I'm going to look at this through the proper lens of, of a, a redeemed and transformed mind. Okay, you with me? Okay, cool. Um, so, <clears throat> every... Uh, Every opportunity that the Lord has afforded, the enemy will seek to come in and distort and manipulate it, okay? Uh, so just be aware of that. So for me, it was suicide, okay? Uh, there was an obvious assignment on my life um, to lay down my life for the Lord. And so the enemy came in and distorted it and said, you actually just need to die. Um, so, but, so what I did is I believed this lie and it led me down a, the path of terribleness. I always, when I always think of the phrase, lead you down the path, did you guys ever see the emperor's new groove? It's like, he's trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. I'm going to lead you down the path that rocks. Anyways, that's, that's the part I always, I always see. Uh, I think there was a, probably about a two year span that I watched the emperor's new groove every day. Uh, that, that and the old Robin Hood animated classic. I would time it perfectly. Here's what I would do. I would, I would sleep on the futon. I don't know why. Um, and yeah. Hey. Hey. Okay. Uh, I would time this perfectly to where I would start this movie. And then as soon as it would end, Joel Osteen would come up and he would tell his joke. And then uh, I would go to bed. Um, so it was great. So here's what we're going to do. Hold your hands out like this. Actually, don't do it like this. Hold it like this. I'm just seeing some of us have these like shackles that we've allowed the enemy to put on us that have limited our, um, our capability to do what we were intended to do on the earth. And th these are mindsets. All right, guys, this is important. Lean into this. And these are mindsets that have been set up and that are very restrictive because we've believed, we've believed lies about ourselves. And I'm just seeing these shackles and I'm just seeing the Lord come by with like a key and just unlocking each shackle and just allowing us to walk into freedom. I'm going to be intentional about that, okay? Anybody else I missed that I didn't look at you? That's all right. I'll give you a double portion. Here we go. Um, it's for freedom that we've been set free. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. 
What's interesting about this, and keep your hands like this. What's interesting about this is that his wording on this is we've been set free, therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So what it's saying is we get to decide if we're going to come back into slavery or not. We get to decide if the yoke of slavery, if the bondage of slavery, the shackles of slavery, however you want to describe it, uh, if we're going to be fettered again with slavery. Because Christ has set us free. And it's and we've talked about this before, and it was for no other purpose than for you couldn't go anywhere beyond this, and now you get to do this in the spirit. So some of you have had like this restrictive like relationship with the Lord. Like you feel like you keep hitting a wall over and over again. I just I just feel like some of you like feel like you're hitting a sledgehammer like on not even like a solid brick wall, but like iron, like literally like I-beams that are just iron. And you've got this little Home Depot hammer and you feel like that's how your relationship is with the Lord. You're like, I can't, can't get anywhere. I'm having no breakthrough. Nothing is happening. I don't understand. Um, and there's been this like restrictive kind of mode that you've operated in, but there's about to be like this releasing, this freedom to where I'm seeing it like, like the metal is literally just like melting. Like, uh, I don't know, I better, I mean, I always see like pictures of like movies and stuff, but like, like X-Men type stuff of like the Lord like touches the I-beam and then it just like disintegrates um, and it just melts away and you just walk on through. So like what was restrictive in your own, um, it comes from surrender where you say, I'm done trying to do it on my own. Like I'm, I'm done doing the work. I'm done doing, not like I'm done reading my Bible, but I'm done making it my relationship with the Lord contingent upon how much I do for him. But instead I'm laying the hammer down because this comes as a free gift and I'm just gonna let him open the door. Okay, so does that make sense? Okay, if that's for you, it's for me, I'll take it. Just grab it. All right, now hold your hands out like this. Lord, thank you for the easy gift of living in you. This is not a difficult or a hard thing, but it is a joy and a delight to lay down our lives to live in your fullness. So our lives aren't our own. They belong to you. You purchased them. You can have whatever you want. Uh, I'm hearing the Lord say, if you give me everything that I want, I'll give you everything you want. If you give me everything I want, I'll give you everything you want. So there's this exchange of, literally giving Jesus what he already paid for our whole lives, our whole existence. And he'll give us everything. 
beyond the, the free gifts of salvation, beyond the free gifts of grace, like rewards, like favor. Amen. Uh, Amen. Amen. Okay. I have a cup. Oh, I do have a couple of announcements. Okay. That's not an announcement. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Tomorrow, fall pursuit, baby. All right. Shh. All right. I'm going to send a message to your parents, but just so you can know, here's some of the logistics. Shh, this is important or else you're going to text me. Hey, Paul, what are we doing? Told you yesterday, Janet. Um, we are meeting up at main campus. We, shh, we are leaving, leaving at 4.30. 4.30. We can get you there. Can you not get there? We'll work on it. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Okay. <laughs> they have to watch. Huh? I'll talk to you guys after this. I have an idea. Okay, shh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, listen, listen. We're leaving at 4.30, 4.30. All right, uh, something that was not on the packing list that has to be on the packing list. Listen, this is so important. Two things, a water bottle, say water bottle. Rain jacket. I don't need you to tell me that. Oh, I have a Columbia one. I have a, I don't care. Okay. You need a water bottle. Say water bottle. And a rain jacket. Okay. Cause here's the thing. It's going to rain on Friday. Much of what we're doing on Friday is outside. Shh. If it's raining, now we can change the weather that happens. It's great. But if it's raining, it will not change our plans. You will be outside in the rain. So bring a change of clothes, some shoes that you can get wet. Oh, my gosh. It's like they're made for it, Lauren. Um, all right. <laughs> oh, I do have some bad news. Okay. All right, listen, listen. And you guys may be angry, but honestly, sorry. I know. Top golf is not happening. Aww. Hold on, hold on. Here, here's the reason. It was either, well, it was either go to Top Golf and cancel the whole trip because we didn't have enough money, or we don't go to Top Golf and do something else and have the whole trip. Yeah. Um, so here's what we're gonna do. We're we're going to go to Cove Lake Park. Um, and so what we're going to be doing, like they have, if you want to play on a playground, they have a playground. Uh, we're going to bring stuff for flag football, yeah. for, uh, 
frisbee, all this stuff. They have a bunch of like walking trails that are amazing too. We're just going to be there for a few hours um, and then we come back. So here's the important part. We're leaving at what time? Okay. Here's the time we're getting back. 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Yes, on Saturday, getting back at 3 p.m. Wait. Three p.m. Okay. Ah, okay. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of any other things that. What What were some of the things that I needed to say? Okay. Does anybody have any questions about fall person? Okay. All right. Oh, uh, you can bring snacks. Uh, we are going to have snack time. That's already prepared, but that's all right. Okay, hold on. We got a question up front. We got a question up front. Shh, Ev? Do we need to bring a notebook? Are they being provided? Does she need to bring a notebook? Yes! Oh, she doesn't have the packing list. Okay. Okay, shh. All right. Do you have another question? Yep. Next question. Say it louder. <laughs> What's the answer? The question. Much love. Okay, any other questions? Oh, yeah. Bring deodorant. Deodorant. Oh, 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 let me say this. Let me say this, and then we'll be out of here. There will be many opportunities at the end of the evening for like just hangout time and all this sort of stuff. So if you want to bring like board games or something else that that like a bunch of people can be a part of, um, we can do that. Um, but if you bring something that's inappropriate and your boy shuts it down, you can't be. Shut up, okay. Apples to apples can be a little risky, and I'm here for it. Um, so here's what we need to do. Bring me the foam bucket. Everybody say phone. We'll try it a little bit. Phone. Phone. Bucket. Phone. Bucket. Okay. You have to do it blindly. That means close your eyes. Wait, is your phone in here? No. Okay. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a first time guest. Say first time guest. Say yeah. Catherine, does that embarrass you at all? Do you want $5? You don't want $5? Evie, take this $5 to her. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Oh, here's the important part. What friend did you come with? They both get five. All right. One more phone bucket? All right, give me a drum roll.
Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.